glory. <laughs> wow. Glory is often manifest as divine joy. As the Bible say, in the presence of my glory is fullness of joy. At my right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. So we're scorning the shame of our humanity for the joy set before us. Where is this joy? In Jesus, in the upward calling. Now I wish I would have set up this video for you tonight, but I shared it on my Facebook wall and it's pinned in the RLM Facebook group. This was one of my favorite Bob Jones videos. It's been in my favorite section on my YouTube channel since like 2014. And it's Bob Jones speaking about his generation being the Stone Age. And the Stone Age was the Christians on the stone of the earth. So he said, our generation's been the Stone Age. Your generation will be the stars. Then I quote, this is what he said, Your job is to go to the stars. I just couldn't believe it. I thought, you know, I'd had it favorited. I've listened to it ten times. If that's not the greatest confirmation from a senior prophet of all time, I don't know what is. <laughs> so God gave that to us as a gift yesterday. Because a lot of people need confidence in this upward calling. Because in the Christian church, there's a belief system that stars mean sorcery. It's absolutely not true. Genesis 1 says God created the stars and their angels. And he said it was good on the fourth day. God said the stars were good. The problem is the stars have been held captive by the unrighteous by the sorcerers of Babylon, by secret societies, by different occult groups that are deeply involved in nations' governments and economies and brainwashing and universities and these sorts of things, and that is all sorcery. In order to have influence over flesh and influence over cities and nations, it requires star ability. You could say stars are neutral. Okay? They're neutral. They can be used for evil or good. As it is written, all creation longs to be used for good. Because they're held prisoner by the evil. It's exactly what scripture says in Romans chapter 8. Our job is to go to the stars, liberate them, and use them for righteousness, holiness, and Jesus Christ's glory. This has never happened before. There's never been a group of Christians that have been this mature in Christ to consume the heavens. Along the ages, there have been certain individuals hand-selected by God to come up into the heavens, to see glimpses into the future. Daniel saw it in Daniel chapter 12. He said, a far-off and remote generation. He says, a distant generation. They will shine like the stars of the heavens forever through the teachings of righteousness. That's Daniel 12, verse 3. So we're removing all the fear 
the paranoia, the occult, the sorcery, the witchcraft, the wrong teaching, and everything that's a misunderstanding about the promised land realms so that this generation can go to the stars. Your job, people, is to go to the stars. It says in Enoch, I walked on a path of stars under a ceiling of lightnings. That's what the book of Enoch says. Which means if we are an Enoch generation, a generation that goes to the stars, we're going to learn to walk on stars. Now here's the key. Stars are sapphire pavement. Clear blue. (laughs) Crystal clear blue. I saw the throne of God looking as a sapphire. Clear blue sky. Ezekiel 1 says. And so we need to discover the stars and the sapphires and the path of righteousness to shine ever brighter. What's the key? Understanding this path is within us. It's a good refresher. We all need to hear it. Song of Solomon chapter 5 says that the sapphires are within the abdomen. We've read it to you numerous times the last two weeks. That the sapphires are inside the abdomen. Abdomen is the stomach region, the God-inside-minded region, the rich treasure of glory. What makes it rich? Gemstones, believers' rewards. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, the way. And the battle belongs to the Lord. So as you walk in the Lord, who is the way, you get victory every day. Jesus is the sapphire pavement. That's the way to the Father. Jesus is the gemstone reward. So you can look at the moon and it's named after him and it has a Jesus Christ ability or a God the Creator ability. Okay? You can look at the sun, the sun of righteousness rising with healing in its wings, Malachi chapter 4, and understand the sun has a Jesus Christ name, Tiferet, and a Jesus Christ ability forget, just absolutely forget what the enemy's done with the luminaries. You need to not even consider what Satan has done with the stars because that will get you into fear and paranoia. What you need to consider is what Jesus Christ is going to do with you as you rise into higher realms and begin to walk in Him the way on sapphire pavement every day. Your mind will get renewed. I tell you the truth, most of your human DNA cannot be corrected, which means you'll have the human pitfalls, you'll have the human problems, you'll have the human sicknesses. I don't care if you're an apostle, I don't care if you're a prophet, I don't care if you speak in tongues eight hours a day and do 40-day fast twice a year. If you are on the earth, which Bob Jones called the Stone Age, Your body will not be celestial, therefore you'll have all the same human problems of the flesh as the unbelievers, even though your spirit and soul love God and you're consecrated and you don't sin anymore and you praise and worship four hours a day. But because your body has not yet ascended to walk on stars, you'll have the same punishments because of where the elevation of your human body is, just like sinners. Moses had perfect divine celestial health. Why? Because he learned to maintain elevations as a high priest in the spirit. As a high priest in the spirit only? No. 
as a high priest in the stars naturally. This is a good quote. Signs and wonders are natural for believers, but signs and wonders are supernatural to unbelievers. Which means, Rebecca was talking about this yesterday, that it's okay. a, a natural... Yep, physical, oh, yeah. spiritual. Okay, so yeah, I was as I was talking to some of my friends about this yesterday, uh, just explaining the invisible realm, and this is why the false prophet is your enemy, right? Because the physical realm, where we're at right here, you can see with your eyes, it's, it's a physical realm. The visible world is a physical realm. Now, the invisible world, the spiritual world, is also a physical world. It's a physical realm. Well, how is that? Because you have a physical body. Angels have physical bodies. When you go into heaven, and you can, even with a body, in the body or out of the body, you can physically be there. It's physical. It's invisible, physical realm. And in this realm, we're in here, talking to you, cameras, lights... You know, cell phones, cups, tables. This formed world is a physical, visible world. Now the problem is, when you get into the false prophet, and we all deal with it within ourselves, why that needs circumcised and why that's so dangerous is because the false prophet only operates in the vain imagination. Maybe partial truths or things like that. But... What it is, is in the imaginations and vain imaginations of the mind. So the problem with operating in the false prophet is that nothing physically happens from that. Now, why is that important? I had a, uh, one of our friends, Marilyn, came and helped me with a physical, spiritual project yesterday, cleaning something that was spiritual, invisible, but physical. And as I was telling her stories about, you know, for, and I'll tell you this story too. We had a great night at Joel's bar one night last summer. And the kind of Joel's bar that there was all kinds of scorpion guts flying around. Just, we were slaughtering scorpions all scorpion night. Scorpion slaughterhouse By ministries. the word. Right, because when we preach and there's a war going on, that sword comes out of our mouth. Because this is a mouth dedicated to Christ within us. So that sword of his mouth comes out of our mouth and slaughters them just by preaching. So when you're consuming that, you're getting hell slaughtered out of you just by opening your senses to the Joel's bar, which is a reason why you, some of you may feel somewhat some discomfort initially during certain broadcasts and then you feel the relief after. It's because hell is getting slaughtered out of you. So we were just destroying scorpions at night. And of course, you know, we wear glasses. I always wear my sunglasses. And you know the demons, that's why the demons are always like, well, why are you, wear, why are you wearing sunglasses? Ah, you know, they, notice, I, they hate that. Future's so bright. Well, right. <laughs> so I go home, and I'm cleaning my sunglasses <laughs> after practice. all the, after this invisible realm scorpion guts are flying around. And my glasses look clean in the visible natural realm. I have a fresh, clean cloth to clean it. It looks like there's nothing on my glasses, but just a little kind of smudge or something. Just really normal, everyday thing. And I finish cleaning them. There's nothing on the glasses. There's nothing on the clean cloth. And I get that impulse in my spirit. Let me just clean it a little more. 
and, and I just I felt that desire in my spirit and as soon as I clean it just a little more with my thumb right there boom scorpion feces physically manifested I'm like oh yeah oh god splattered Nasty. all over the front of her glasses yeah yeah I yeah I showed it to Brandon I was like man look at that this is the scorpion feces from came tonight. out of the spirit wrestling a demon and splattered her glasses as she was destroying yeah. this demon. Yeah, so... <laughs> so was, and what's cool about that is <laughs> that was a night I was participating without even being on the Joel's Bar. So understand that. When you come to Joel's Bar, when you tune in, you can participate by your agreement with that word, that yes, you're amen, or you're praying in tongues. Bam! I mean, you're slaughtered. Go ahead, pick up the sword. Now's a good time to practice. You might get some fresh demon blood on you. It's good. Spiritual it's good natural. For you. So it's multimedia interactive. It is multimedia interactive. When so. your spirit's engaging, you are participating mm -hmm. with the cloud of witness. Right. Which is the kingdom. So that was, you know, front row, splash zone, full agreement, aim, yes and amen, praying in tongues, scorpion guts. <laughs> Your feces from their bowels <laughs> disemboweled <God> feces ministry <laughs> literally <laughs> and i was like wow check it out but of course it's nasty so of course i clean my glasses again now why did cleaning my physical glasses just like this by faith because it was an impulse of the spirit now we're we live in the prophetic if you live in the glory mm. which you know you're here you live in the glory when you live in the glory it's a prophetic life the power of a prophetic life means that every physical thing that you do has an effect in the invisible realm. And everything that you do in the invisible realm affects the physical realm. So they're both interacting and you're living in both realms. You're learning to live in both realms at once. There's confirmation for you. The angels have been talking to you about this already. Maybe you've been listening. Maybe you haven't, but that's, that's the word for you. Living in both realms at once. So again, uh, another time happened, I was getting uh, really intense deliverance, right? We're going deliverance to deliverance. You should be continuing to get deliverance. Some of them are easy and light. Some of them, they just come out, you know, in, in a blaze of, um, of mess. This thing was so violent that I got delivered from coming out. I, I saw the angel reach in and rip it out of my body through my face. And I had, you know, I would wonder, like, oh, man, this is going to be, whoo, this is going to be a big one. And I look at Brandon, and he just looks at me and says, push it out. And so I just, whoo, just, it was crazy. I see the angel rip it out of my face, and I was wearing sunglasses. And so get this, after all that ordeal and the demon's out, I, we get back in the house, and I look on the inside of my sunglasses, there's physically manifest demon blood on my sunglasses from coming out of my eyeballs as they're ripping it out with their swords and killing it, like attacking it. And I was like, oh my God, there's demon blood on the inside of my glasses because I got delivered. And I was like, man, that's cool. I got to text my friends. Like, Check it out, guys. <laughs> but um, so I cleaned them, you know, obviously. So but, just let the angel rip that out of your face. Amen. Bam. Rip it out of my face now, guys. You know, you, know, you can pray prayers like that. <laughs> There's no rules that say you can't pray prayers like that. Rip it out whoa, of my face. Whoa, whoa, glory. <laughs> you feel that? Yeah. That's so good. Rip it out of our faces, ministries. <laughs> and so it's invisible. It's physical. 
Invisible bodies, yes, even demons, have physical blood. Whether it's invisible or visible, it's still physical. It's real, tangible. It, it, it's a real... 90% of matter mm -hmm. is invisible to the human eye. Right. So there's different you know, laws of physics and different realms and things like that. But they are both physical realms. Now, you need to get this. I cleaned that. It was materialized. Now, here's the problem. If you're in the false prophet, what you're seeing in the invisible, it's not really the invisible realm. It's the imagination screen. It's soulish visions. Now, those aren't necessarily a bad thing. Imaginations are supposed to be the bridge to the actual seer realm. It's a screen that with, with which you can practice and communicate with God, and he might show you things that do exist in the invisible physical realm, but you're not seeing the reality itself. You're seeing a vision of it. It's a spiritual gift. That's your imagination, which needs purified. So the more you purify it and the more you practice crossing through the imagination, that bridge gets shorter and shorter and it becomes a portal or a gateway for you if you purify your senses and your reasoning and your imagination. So don't despise it, but understand it is what it is. And when you get into the false prophet, now what you see and speak out of what you think is the invisible, it doesn't have any physical action. It doesn't do anything. Gnostic. Right, it's Gnostic. So whether you're doing something physically or invisibly, now you're not making any impact. You're not having any impact in the kingdom. You're not doing anything. Yeah. And so Satan knows that and he knows he can entertain you if he can just keep you wrapped up and, oh, I saw this and that. And, okay, those all might be true things, but... You're not getting anything done in the actual physical realm, invisible or visible. And so that's the danger of it. Now, when Marilyn came over and she helped me, I had to, you know, clean my, my shower. It didn't look particularly dirty. It, it was kind of part of the way done. But why was it that I needed help with something that looked so simple and, and physical that it is just too overwhelming what I had to deal with with that. I knew it was spiritual, you know, talking to God, being a seer prophet, and just, you know, practicing. I know there's something here I need help with, and it's not a normal thing. This is a physical, invisible thing. So I tell Marilyn these stories of these things happening physically, invisibly. And so she goes in to clean, and she's finishing up. And I know she can tell in her spirit because she comes up and says, hey, do you have any, like, you know, paper towels? It's something she can throw away, not just the microfiber nice cloths, you know, we're using. Oh, yeah, here you go. Use as many as you need in here. Right towards the end, she comes out. She's like, oh, my God, blood. <laughs> blood had physically materialized. There was, I mean, there was no blood there. It looked like a perfectly clean, like, it was probably like, why am I cleaning? Like, it's it's pretty clean. It's not that dirty. It's like a little soap scum. Stigmata cleaning <laughs> Well, some type of stigma. I wish it was a stigma, <laughs> but um, I I ran. I realized when she came out and she showed me the blood. I don't think I told her this, but it was my blood on. It was my the blood of my invisible body. Your invisible body can bleeds. That's why you have to put on armor. If you're not physically wearing the full armor of God on your invisible body. Or when something penetrates that, it's not, you know, you're not, it's not thick enough, or there's something happens or they catch you off guard, you know, you're not armored. 
you're actually bleeding. It's real physical blood. It's not just imagination, oh, hoo hoo, get over it, do a little soaking, like you're bleeding out. And the, the problem with that is if you don't understand that and you don't take seriously your spiritual healing, heal your invisible physical body. If you don't, it can seep into your soul and eventually hurt your body, your physical body. So understand your physical body affects your soul, which affects your spirit. Your spirit affects your soul, which affects your body. You have to learn to live in both realms at once. So the beautiful thing was I got the help I needed and there was, it was very healing and everything was cleaned up. Um, but you know, so when something like that happens, it doesn't matter if, if she went and cleaned it and that blood didn't physically materialize, it wouldn't change the fact that that blood was physically there. Yesterday. Yeah, that was, Blood yeah. materialized during cleaning. Yeah, and I had not been able to use that shower. I had not been able to go in and clean it. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it was because it was the emotion, <laughs> it was so emotional for me because it was my blood from being wounded. Uh, it was such, it was such an intense, it was a traumatic event that um, I just, I couldn't handle it. And so I need, and that's what the body of Christ is for. I'm so, th thank you for that. It was so sweet. Um, you know, we need each other's help, right? So where something might feel so difficult for me, it's easy for Marilyn, right? Or that's something, you know, that might be difficult for me. It's easy for Brandon. Or, or vice versa, you know, for the different people in the body. And that's how we cover we each other. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. Right. And so our strengths cover other members of the body's weaknesses. And the scripture, one of the scriptures the Spirit was saying this confirms everything we're talking about tonight is that we wrestle against elemental spiritual forces of wickedness, which is elements. Well, a lot of the elements are just in the air and the invisible around you. Like we said before, mm -hmm. most of creation is invisible. Okay, first day, God created the heavens, the seven heavens, let there be light, the seven heavens. It's all invisible. So the, the natural visible is less than 1% of creation. So being restored to the Garden of Eden and restored to God is being restored to that angelic realm that does have elements involved in it. It is a spiritual science and there is a science to the invisible. And that's what we're discovering in quantum physics and we're discovering in all kinds of advancements. And that is the realm of God. That's the realm of the angels and that's the realm we're called to conquer. That realm exists inside every human being and it's dormant because of being fallen creatures. That is a dormant realm. Therefore, we preach to awaken hearts, which is that dormant sleeping realm. Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine in you. It means the invisible realm of invisible elements or invisible spirituality begins to take substance in you, it begins to take form in you, it gels and becomes a physical reality. As the spiritual realm, the invisible realm becomes a physical manifest reality for you, that's what awakening is. If you're still locked in just the dirt and the dust and the fall and the realm of the earth and the stone age, of externalism there's no awakening right you can't perceive what's happening if you're in that state you cannot perceive what's happening to your physical body uh like we were trying it's blind leading the blind jesus said right so you know if something comes across your vision screen if your senses are sensitive 
and something unexpected or wicked comes across your vision screen, for me, it'll f it feels literally like needles coming at my eyes, just like, oh God, like get that off of my, you know, vision screen that it physically hurts me to see certain things. So I just, I cannot look at it because it physically hurts because me, my eyes are getting more and more sensitive to the glory of God, the light of his holiness. And so anything that's so like unholy, just it being flashed across, it, whatever, it hurts physically. And then I pray for, you know, healing of my eyes immediately because ouch, it's like, if you took a needle and just like poked somebody, they'd be like, ow. But when you're deadened in your senses, you just, you can't feel it. You're, you're calloused in the heart, being numb to sin. Well, it's just, and I, you know, false freedom and demonic doctrines or living in a cesspool of sludge, you know, we're numb to sin. And the problem with that is, is people who are in that state think they have the freedom to look at certain things. Like, oh, I can just watch, you know, uh, disgusting, you know, horror movies or movies that happen to have, like, you know, nudity scenes and stuff like that. Well, like, I'm walk well, it's not going to affect me. It, it does affect every one of you without uh, any exceptions. It's just that you might not be able to feel that because, because of your sin, you're numb to it. And that's wherever there's sin, there is that separation from God. And so you can't feel what you're doing. You're, you're not afraid to offend God because you just, you're numb, you're dead in that area. And there needs to be life and, and resurrection, spiritual moral resurrection. Because as soon as you feel like, ow, someone's poking me in the eyeballs with needles, you're not gonna look at it just like on instinct because it's spiritual, physical, tangible instinct of spiritual senses. That's maturity is growing and training your spiritual senses to discern good and evil. Amen, that's good. Mm. Yeah, hyper grace is the pinnacle of false love. And everyone I've noticed that doesn't accept transfiguration from human to angel, which is absolutely apostolic doctrine. Jesus said in Luke chapter 20, the children of the resurrection will become angel-like sons of God, therefore they shall never die. That's written in the Word. And the transfiguration from human animal into angel. And it, you still have flesh, but it's angelic flesh, as it's written in Philippians chapter 3, having the same exact flesh as he has. You're being changed to having a different type of flesh, from earthly flesh, what does the Bible say? To celestial flesh. Celestial flesh is angel. Okay? Amen. Jesus, the angel, Jesus Christ is the angel, Yad, Hey, Vav, Hey. And what did he say upon his resurrection? Look, touch, see. Yeah. Spirits do not have flesh and bone as I have, he said. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed with this generation, because it's the generation of the promised land, especially with full-time ministers and leaders, when they're presented by Jesus Christ certain high-level revelation that's not been accepted by the body yet, most of them cringe back and go into what's already established by the masses. Doing so, even if that person has a big ministry, they're no longer a leader. Now, they may look like a leader, and they may do different certain elementary things about below, but they're not leading the body of Christ. I'll tell you the truth. Most leaders 
in Christianity are not actually leading the body. Because those leading the body are going into unclaimed, uncharted territory, which is the stars. Mm. The direct mandate for the Elijah company, for the leadership of the body, is go to the stars. Any leader that's not taking their people to the biblical stars of Moses' Torah, which is the creation story, is not leading the body. Because they're not obeying God, they're not on the front lines, they're not even close. Most people go back into love and grace and that sort of stuff and they want to just self-justify. These are established biblical doctrines. It doesn't advance the body. It doesn't advance the kingdom. If it's already accepted by believers, it does not advance because it's accepted. Going into greater truth, as it's written, milk for the babies, solid meat for the mature. If you're going into solid meat, that means that none of the babies, none of the young Christians can eat it or receive it. And if you're not doing that, you're not leading. Right. They go back to yesterday's manna. That's what I just heard. Yesterday's manna, it decays. That's what he was talking about. Leprosy, bread represents flesh. What is yesterday's bread it decays right it turns into that leprosy that decaying flesh and you'll find it's always principality influence yeah. upon leaders and that's why you want to pray for your spiritual leaders mm-hmm. so many are going apostate right now it's and it's a intense. lot of the ones that really pioneered in the charismatic church mm-hmm. are straight up full-blown apostates mm-hmm. right now and most people would not agree with that statement But it is the truth anyhow. The reason why is because they're not going forward into promised land realities. They're rejecting angelic metamorphosis, which by default will get you into false love and self-justification. And they're rejecting the second heavens as the promised land. I tell you the truth. Let all of that, now let, let us just pray and intercede. Let all of that be burnt up. Let fire come upon all leaders of all Christians in the world and consume the blockages to see clearly God's purposes in this generation to go to the stars. Let the go to the stars message, even call it a star gospel, because it is. It is absolutely a message of the stars, from the stars, in a realm that the body of Christ has never walked up into and let that message consume every other message and influence it for sound biblical star Christianity. Sound biblical star Christianity. This, my friends, will do all the damage we need done to the works of the devil. And if we don't go to the stars and we don't walk on the stars with a ceiling of lightnings, you will not change your nation's governments. Because your nation's governments already have a people Mm -hmm. in those elements that know how to use them for Satan and his angels. If you don't know how to use them for Jesus Christ and his angels in practicing righteousness, which is actual Christian maturity, by default, because of your Christian immaturity in the nations, you'll be under the sorcerers automatically. Right, it's dark government. I was taken into the spirit one time, and at that time... Uh, Both Brandon and Jake were doing in the invisible realm physically the exact same things that they were doing in the natural, physical, visible realm. And 
you know, and I was, I had a, like a device in the spirit realm. It looks similar to like my cell phone. Like everything's a little different there. They have different tablets and devices. And one of the messages I had on there, I was, I was, it was like my version of Google Translate and the spirit that's more complex than Google Translate. <laughs> and I was praying in different angelic tongues. And one of them it translated to um, angelic government or star government 7777. And then what happened, because it's alive, it's in the invisible uh, physical realm, angels went and took the words and started uh, displaying and went into this whole vision of, you know, the arc of the starship of the, the apostleship <laughs> through the stars. And they're like, if you keep going, you're going to reach star government. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I can't wait to tell them. And... And I was really drunk, <laughs> and my invisible body was drunk. <laughs> and when I woke up, my physical, visible body was drunk, right? Because we're living in both realms. I was like, over here, I'm drunk in the spirit, praying in tongues. Over there, I was drunk in my spirit, and going to praying the stars in tongues. is saving the best wine for last. And that was the thing that was pretty cool. Was I said, whoa! I had to text Jake like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> and I found out that both Jake and Brandon were doing exactly the same thing with their physical, visible bodies as they were with their invisible physical bodies. And I was like, good job, guys. Are you getting the, keeping that avatar under control? <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> we do go from glory to glory yeah. through glory to glory. Glory to glory. <laughs> I just thought it was the coolest thing. I was like, that's how it should be. Your, your physical body should be lining up with what you're spirit man is doing in the spirit because your spirit man's in communication with god and your angels oh hey and that's what your directions are from the holy spirit so your physical body should be doing what your invisible spirit body is doing under the direction and guidance of god the father the son the holy spirit and your holy angels assigned to you that's just how it should be that's fun. god was giving me a vision of the temple as you were talking just now and what solomon's temple had to go through in the oh, Old yeah. Testament is what your temple of your body, the container of God, goes through in the New Testament. They were continuously under attack. They had enemies surrounding them all the time. And sometimes, a lot of the temple stuff, the articles of the temple and the Ark of the Temple, would just go into enemy captivity. So these bodies, these containers of the Word of God, Aaron's staff that budded, the leadership of God, the anointing of God, and uh, the uh, commandments of God, yeah, the commandments. and the man of God, these containers will go through all the ex exact same turmoil as the temple of the <laughs> Old Testament went through. So what you'll do as you go through these things is grow in the glory inside the temple so that nothing externally can seize you. What's called captivity. Yeah. Now, this generation, the Bible, whoa, this generation, <laughs> I saw it, yeah, angels. Woo! This generation has been in the captivity of Babylon the Great, which the Bible describes as the most potent sorcery of all time. Potent sorcery is the magic arts of the fallen angels using the stars to put spells on, side, on, on top and inside of people's minds and heads so they don't think right. Or you have people literally out here supporting 
demons and communism and death and hell mm -hmm. and it's like you would never support hell if you had a healthy mind right but they're so gone out here that they don't have healthy minds and so they just support the demonic the mm -hmm. evil they support the demon mm -hmm. and the fallen angels agenda out here i mean mm -hmm. it's really almost half of the country yeah. right now in, in america is just supporting demons mm -hmm. and they're proud of it too and they think mm -hmm. they're right and it's you would not do that unless there was a magic spell in you and yep. upon you. So when you go to the stars, you cancel out magic spells. When you take the temple and it's consecrated and carrying the articles of the temple, which is the word of God, the blood of God, the spirit of God, the wind of God. You'll have angels assigned to your destiny and your mission in God. And all of that's released upon the high place. High place is not on earth. That's stone age. High places in the stars. Star age is kingdom age. Kingdom age is the age of the body in the stars and upon the stars. Now, God's been whispering this sacred secret to me for the last couple months. Walking on stars is walking on streets of gold. Amen. Because you have creation under your feet, therefore it's working for you. And it's favor and prosperity beyond anything you've ever known in Christianity. You're not going to be middle class, lower class right. under the Bilderberg group much longer. Under wicked people, you know, like uh, Bill Gates right. and all the things that they're doing. Yeah, that money's going to be in your bank account. I actually did see this. I was taken into the but spirit realm. you must realm. walk on stars. You have to walk on stars. I saw the platform that goes up from the earth. <laughs> and the, the stars, the path of wisdom through the stars, literally... I, I saw different groups of stars at different levels and heights, and there was a literal written dollar amount at certain heights. Mm. Like there was one that said like $300,000, and beyond that there was like $500,000, and it kept going. I couldn't read them because they were so high in the heavens. Which is the rulership mm -hmm. of Earth. And what they explained to me was those, yeah, the rulership of Earth, but those were actual dollar amounts that your baseline of your bank account would be at that level. And so that would be encouraging for somebody. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, get that inheritance back from the enemy. There's rewards every degree of rising because it activates things that God has created that have been used mm -hmm. in the heavens. Think about Canaan. Canaan represents stars in the New, in the new Testament, in the New Covenant. Canaan was completely occupied by seven nations and there were giants in the land yet the land and the houses and the vineyards the Bible prophesied would belong to the righteous the nation of Israel so you have that territory the second heavens is our Canaan Amen. when you go into those realms the demons get destroyed and go into the lake of fire mm -hmm. but it does take bravery and yep. courage and you will be opposed because there are mm -hmm. things in those realms that don't want they you don't going there. They don't want to let go. And the problem is established American charismatic doctrine does not want you in those realms. Right. Most charismatic Christian doctrine teaching pastors, prophets, even apostles has come into covenant with stuff in the celestial realm to have success in the terrestrial realm. Right. When you have huge terrestrial ministries that have forfeited celestial abilities, you can only have that through principalities. You understand that? Because they've forsaken the inheritance of God. So just because you have a successful ministry doesn't mean you're doing anything right. In fact, most of those people are in covenant with devils. Right. That's why they have no persecution. Right. 
or no persecution for glory or righteousness or pioneering's sake. You can have persecution in America just for prosperity in the terrestrial. Because people are like living in the Stone Age. That doesn't mean you're getting persecuted for glory or righteousness or pioneering or anything that's really Elijah company. Elijah's mandate and mantling upon us in this generation, amongst this remnant, is going to the stars. Right. Bob Jones, I want to reiterate what Brandon said in case you're tuning in a little bit later. Uh, What Bob Jones had said was that this generation is called to go into the stars. He talked about populating the planets. And, uh, you know, it's the path of Elijah is that whirlwind into into the stars. And what we need here, I wrote down a couple of things if I can, you know, share some of these. Because it was so crazy that um, Brian and I came together to talk about what God was speaking about. Prophesy to the wind, kitty. And uh, it was all about, you know, Elijah and the stars. I'm like, okay, yeah, God's, you know, speaking on this right now. We need to enlarge your tent pegs and to grow you on the firm foundation of Christ to receive more revelation. Mm-hmm. How are you going to receive more revelation? Expand your tent pegs, right? And if you read the book of Jasher, which is Yetzirah, if it's a bad tent peg, right? Ishmael's first wife that Abraham said it's no good. What does that represent? It represents the soul, the woman. Mm-hmm. So you can't enlarge your tent pegs if the tent peg is bad, which represents the soul, right? So working on the soul, Yetzirah, that's where we're at. Uh, so the rock, so the firm foundation of Christ to receive more revelation, the rock or the sapphire stone on which we stand, which right now is Yasad, school of the cosmic prophets. There are four schools of the, of the prophets in the Bible, and there's two more that were potentially or probably, uh, but there are four, uh, four solid schools listed in, in the Bible. Bethel, Rama, Rama, Gilgal, and Jericho. Those four. Now, okay, so Bethel. Now, this is important. This is, we're going from, okay, studying the schools of the prophets in the word of God, the written word of God. Those schools in the earth represent the the cosmic school of the prophets, which Elijah, that was part of his mantling, was to bring you up. Now he is master of the chariots, Sandalphon, bringing you up from Malkut sphere up into the heavenlies. The, ooh, careful. <laughs> Bethel, number one, the number one Bethel means gate or portal. Uh, number two, for just for my note takers, this is H7414 Rama, R-A-M-A, Rama. Or in most of your translations, it'll be spelled R-A-M-A-H. And this means Rama, uh, the pl- a place there in Rama mentioned is Navit, which is a tower, a lofty place. It's a place in Benjamin. It is the place of Samuel, the seer prophet. This is the head. This is the headquarters. This is the main headquarters of the school of the prophets. Birthplace and the place where he was uh, laid to rest, the place where he taught Samuel, the seer prophet. It was also a refuge for David. David's cosmic tower. Open heavens. It was an open heavens under which even Saul, who was chasing David, in the spirit of murder, right, you have to be in the spirit or have the spirit of murder come upon you, 
to want to chase down and murder someone. That's how it works. The Spirit of God it is written descended upon Saul. And that's because it was such an open heavens. Why, when he came to Rama, even Saul in the spirit of murder, the spirit of God, poured down and he began to prophesy. That's why it's written, it is Saul among the prophets. Hmm. It's a town in Benjamin on the border of Ephraim. So it's about five miles from Jerusalem and near to Gibeah. The root word etymology, it's the same as H7413, Rama. It's also Rama. Height, it means a high place. The high place. Rama. And, okay, so it can be as the seat of idolatry, or it can be the high tower, a high place of the watchtower, or a seat of idolatry, right? Depends on who is rest, what, what spirit is resting there. All right. Oh, yes, uh, think also of the cosmic Rolex from John Paul Jackson. And what's interesting is I encountered him recently, and then we're at like our two-year anniversary of, um, of you guys um, graciously buying Brandon his beautiful Rolex that I believe it has like sapphire yeah. that he wears like every day and absolutely loves it. <laughs> and I also want to speak of the, the fruit of what you guys did. This is what you guys did. You gave a gift of love. It was something that the Father had planned and wanted. It wasn't just a natural thing. This is what the Spirit told me. If you, if you watching, had not given toward that physical watch, the physical watch, it's corresponding to an invisible watch. Coming up on the two-year anniversary, that fruit that you sowed into has grown. That tree has grown and bore fruit. And if you had not done that, I would not have seen the celestial cosmic watch. Recently, when John Paul Jackson was showing it to me, that revelation wouldn't have been there. That's that obedience is better than sacrifice because it's the prophetic acts mm -hmm. of the saints that unlock the abilities of the heavens. Right, and so we had, no, I had no idea that was going to happen. You had, I mean, maybe you didn't know, I don't know, maybe you're, you had the dream or prophetic, but likely you didn't know either. But what you did know was that you knew in your heart that that was what the Spirit wanted to do, it's what the Father wanted to do. And so two years later, that seed, it grows and it bears fruit. It's celestial fruit. And it's a whole realm, and it, it's unlocked revelation and caused us in the invisible physical realm to go higher. And so that just blew my mind. That's just another story of your fruitfulness. That's something that you guys did. I didn't do that. I mean, I put it out there because God wanted me to say it, but you're the ones who planted that. You sowed the seed in dollars and finances, and you opened up a whole realm. I couldn't have done that without you guys. So that's, that's again, you're participating. The righteous acts mm -hmm. of the saints are prophetic actions with your temples on earth mm -hmm. that bring heaven to earth. Amen. So so think of the cosmic Rolex. High and place, it usually uh, contradicts the mind. Right, because it's like, well, what's the point? Uh, brain, you the, know. The, the carnal <laughs> mind comprehends not the prophetic acts of the spirit of mm -hmm. prophecy. Amen. Because whenever, remember, if you're with, however you clean your house, if you're living the prophetic life in the glory, you're automatically cleaning whatever demonic gunk is there. You're cleaning or changing your house's atmosphere. So I know that'll change a lot of housewives or house moms. 
light know. will increase through the cleaning of your house. Amen. So good. <laughs> You'll never clean the house the same again. The glory is coming out of you. The glory, kingdom of heaven within you is flooding out while you're cleaning. Right? And we use cleaning chemicals and products. Cleaning is totally angelic. It really is. So you, that's what, what we were talking about the other day is we use the spray bottle. Maybe you can use a nice natural brand, whatever brand you like. And when you, you use a physical substance that's visible and you use the invisible substance coming out Ooh, of your hand because it's not where we're not Gnostic. You live in both realms. You use both realms and you marry them together. And that's when you get the most benefit. And as we've seen with the prophetic people in the past, they would put extremely like, like the deadly plague or whatever on the prophet's hand under a microscope and watch it get obliterated in front of the scientist's eyes. So it's just so germ cleaning power of the Holy Ghost. Like go go nuts with that. That you know, <laughs> especially you know if you have kids, that'll help out. So uh, Rama, high place of the Watchtower. Okay, get it? Watchtower. Watchtower. Yeah, play on words. The birthplace. And, and it's Benjamin Big Ben. Big Ben. That's right. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Oh yeah. And that is the birthplace and abode of Samuel the seer prophet right so even if you don't have office of seer prophet every single one of you can be birthed in and dwell in that abode of that watch tower of the times and the seasons and being a seer prophet like samuel the school of samuel the school of samuel and so root word etymology of that root so that was that one was h7413 which was the root of the first one that root h7311 Room, R U M, room. Room. And it looks like rum. Just another reminder. <laughs> the rum room. The rum room. To rise, to rise up, to be high. Encourage yourself in the Lord. <laughs> Why not? Be lofty, to be exalted, be high, to be seated on high, to be set on high, to be raised, to be uplifted, uplifted, to be exalted, to rise, to raise, or to rear children to cause to grow up to cause to grow up this is how we grow up to maturity right samuel represents maturity the maturity of the prophetic which is what the prophetic exists as along with the fivefold to bring us into maturity this is not just like hypothetical different you know measurements maturity on the earth in the stars of the second heavens otherwise it's not maturity at all right so and see how everything is confirmed in the logos the written word of god it's not just like it's not just some make-believe false prophet that does prophetic that doesn't do anything okay so to lift up to raise exalt to exalt extol to be lifted up get this to become powerful to either exalt oneself or double-edged sword to offer sacrifices. So it's either to exalt oneself or to offer sacrifices and quote, the heart is lifted up. So it's lifted up for place of sacrifice or self-idolatry, self-promotion, self-nature, the heart, the soul. It reminds me of the resurrection of the living and the resurrection of oh, the dying. Good. Oh, that's good. One is a resurrection to eternal life, and the other to eternal condemnation, eternal damnation. All right. Uh, the self okay. Place of the high, okay, this is the place of the power of the spirit. The first mention of this root word, room, which is where we get Rama, is in Genesis 7, 17, 
Now this, listen to this. And the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark. And it was lift up above the earth. It says it was lifted up, H7311 up, room above the earth. That's the ark. Lift off. All right. Remember, uh, oh yeah, I had a drawing at one point. You can see it's the waters, the heart, the sword through the heart, the rainbow of the promise, and the ark, Noah's ark with the rainbow rising above the earth's sphere. And that's, you know, like the ark and the glory comes out. There's, it's a draw. I think I, I scanned it on purpose when I went through TSA one time. I put it on top of my laptop so it would have to, <laughs> they had to scan the prophetic drawing so it would like infect all of the, the <laughs> want to infect their computers with the glory. <laughs> anyway, okay, okay. Glory virus. Yes, I want to give them a good... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. Holy right. ghost hackers. Amen. <laughs> it was just a picture, so if anyone who works at TSA is watching. Out. It was a hacker. That's how, yeah, that's, we have small beginnings. So, <laughs> that is the pathway of the son of righteousness. And that's that sword through the heart, that's that circumcision that keeps the heart from the self lifting up in idolatry so that you can grow up into the Samuel seal, uh, Samuel seer realm. Now, the third school, third name of the school, third place is Gilgal. It was called Gilgal, and that represents the sun or the Ophanim. It says that they camped in Gilgal in the east side of Jericho. And that east, as we know, represents the sun or Tifret. Tifret in bloom. That is a school of the cosmic prophet. Mm. Is the sun. So according to this published article on the schools of the prophets by Ira Price, who was a professor of Semitic languages and literatures at the University of Chicago, Samuel's command to Saul in 1 Samuel 10.8, Thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal. And the consequent prophesyings of Saul with the sons of the prophets in the neighborhood of Gibeah are reasonable evidence that at or near this point a school of the prophets was found in Samuel's day. So there you have in the written word evidence of that was a place in which there was a school of the prophets. Like you see we're, we're doing, we're being good Bereans, we're checking our Bible verses, we're reading the Bible and not just making up whatever we feel like we wish was reality. Right, and that's a big Prophetic shift. Prophetic history is really important. It is. It's really good, and also it's it's good. You want to have enough uh, freedom that you're not limited to just a normal scholarly interpretation. But I want to encourage you: don't be afraid of being a scholar of righteousness, being a student of righteousness, whether it's dreams and visions. But you want to get solid in the Word of God. The Word of God is not dry and boring like it is for most scholars in the outer courts and even in the inner courts. When you learn cosmic righteousness, you learn the scholarly and mystic interpretation of the Bible. It all comes together, and it's really interesting, and it's fun, and this is actually you getting to know God. The written word is God, his thoughts on paper. Jesus Christ, the word of God. So like Brandon always tells us, you cannot know God if you don't know the Bible. Don't be overwhelmed. 
you can always use this as a starting point keep down notes of this and then I encourage you if you don't know where to start go back and make notes of what we're talking about tonight and then you just look it up in your Bible and when you read that passage it'll come alive for you it'll be really fun it'll be something that you can do together with the Holy Ghost at home so that you can get to know him better okay so and it's likely that the two prophets okay Elijah and Elisha that's what we're gonna talk about uh, so the people at Gilgal would get re regular visits from the seer prophet Samuel and he would go in his yearly circuit as a judge and it's not until Elijah's day though for Gilgal that we have a definite information we have definite information on this point which is 2nd Kings 2 1 and it came to pass when Yod Hay, Vav Hay, would take up Elijah by a whirlwind into heaven, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. This is important. When it's coming time for him to go up, hmm. Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal, Tiferet the son. Talks about all the students watching Elisha too, and he says the spirit of Elijah was with Elijah. Those students were from. The, the school of the prophets at Gilgal. Oh, somebody's been, he's been in a Bible college. Yeah, <laughs> this is my first time actually studying. <laughs> Those the Bible. were the prophetic students. Was, yeah, yeah. It was nice. like Bible college came out to watch the professors perform what they've been teaching. Right, man. Amen. Uh, amen. That's awesome. All right. Uh, okay. Okay. So. <laughs> That was okay. So it's likely that the two prophets were giving instruction there at the school of the prophets before Elijah would be taken into heaven. This would be in alignment with the way that Enoch walked in, walked in, as it's written in his book, in the book of Enoch, that he gave specific instructions as well as reinforcing his teaching on walking in God's ways before he was taken into heaven. So there you see the same thing with Enoch. You see Elijah doing, giving that final instruction, going to the schools, giving the students the final instructions and the word. This is the way of God. Walk in it. Right? So you can see that similarity there between Meta who would become Metatron and who would become Sandalphon. It's the same way. It's the same type of a teacher. Elijah's whirlwind and Gilgal. Professors of Cosmic Righteousness. Yeah, that's what we want to be. That's what your new name is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's like, I want a cool name like Metatron. And I'm like, I'm sure you'll get a cool name. You might get a funny name. <laughs> All right. You get many, many, that's what they many call names. Enoch. He's like, get like, it's Enoch. It's Metatron. And then all the angels are like, youngin. You could have a hundred <laughs> new names. It's not limited to one. Yep. I think Metatron, he has, he has a lot of names. God has a lot of names. I mean, read the Bible. He has so many names. All right. Elijah's. Uh, <laughs> but don't be surprised if the angels all call you like Little Whippersnapper or something like One that. One of Enoch's <laughs> new names is B. That's true. <laughs> He's also, he is also a B. <laughs> That's true. Yep, yep. That's true. <laughs> Runs in the family. Glory. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Elijah's whirlwind in Gilgal and remember as they're speaking this you can put it in your spirit and just let it absorb and it's going to bear fruit 
right? So you can take notes. That's really good. But if you feel like just resting in it, you know, it's like do... these new names are coming into the full cosmic maturity yeah. of God's seed planted in your spirit. Amen. When it comes into full fruition, you get the name. Amen. But you don't beforehand. Amen. So Elijah's whirlwind in Gilgal, when doing mystical interpretation of the Bible, the names and places and the names of the men of God or prophets of God are important. Gilgal here represents the wheels or the Galgalim, which is the Ophanim. When you encounter in a powerful, so you encounter them, the Galgalim, the Ophanim, in a powerful way once you get to the sun. Now the Ophan of the sun I have met, and he is of the highest rank of Ophanim. He also represents the government of the Ophanim with his 12 circuits that you can read about in the book of Enoch. So on their way, Elijah and Elisha, to give a parting word, they stop at two other schools, uh, and that's from 2 Kings 2, verse 2, verse 4, and verse 5. And I was going to ask to see if you could read for us 1 Kings 2, Verse 2 through 11. Alright. I go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man. Keep the charge of the Lord your God. Walk in his ways. Keep his statutes, his commandments, his precepts, and his testimonies. As it is written in the law of Moses, that you may do wisely and prosper in all that you do, and wherever you turn. That the Lord may fulfill his promise to me, saying, If your sons take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart and mind, and with all their soul, there shall not fail you to have a man on the throne of Israel. You know also that Joab, son of Zaruah, did to me, and what he did to oh, the two... Oh, 2 Kings. That one's really good, Second too. Kings? Yeah, Second oh. Kings, too. That's First Kings, too. Yeah. Sorry about that. That was really good, though. That's, that felt like Rhema, though. Second Kings 2. We got Rhema, Rama. 2 through 11? Uh, yeah, 2 through oh, okay. 11, okay. yeah. And Elijah mm-hmm. said to Elisha, Tarry here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elijah replied, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The prophet's sons, who were at Bethel, came to Elisha, and said, Do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? He said, Yes, I know it. Hold your peace. Elijah said to him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said, Do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? And he said, Yes, I know it. Hold your peace. Elijah said to him, Tarry here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood to watch afar off. And the two of them stood by the Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the waters, and they divided this way and that so that the two of them went over on dry ground. And when they had gone over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. 
And Elijah said, I pray you, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He said, you've asked for a hard thing. However, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. As they still went on and talked, behold, a chariot of fire and horses of fire parted the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Amen. Amen. Oh, man, I got goosebumps. That was so good. Wow. So now the interesting thing about this encounter in the Hebrew, if you look at the first line of the first verse here in chapter 2, it says, And he, or it was, at the taking up of yad Hey vav Hey et Elijah, which is Aleph and Tav, Elijah. Remember? Jesus said, I am the Aleph and the Tav. At the taking up of yad Hey vav Hey et Elijah, Aleph and Tav, Elijah, in the storm, to the heaven, which is Ha-Shamayim. And what is the Shamayim? It is a term for the seven heavens. Mm. The seven heavens, the Shamayim, are number one, Belon, two, Rakia, three, Shekakim, four, Zebul, five, Maon, six, Makon, the K, and then seven, Araboth. That is the Shamayim. Shamayim, the seven heavens. And that's where he was taking him. And it uh, sounds familiar like what we hear with Enoch and his journey uh, in through the stars, right? Like Bob Jones, who was in... Bob Jones was like the Elijah of our time. You have to go. Maybe he didn't go up in the whirlwind of fire, but I'm sure... I have a feeling he had somebody real special pick him up when he went home. All right. You have to go through Gilgal, the sun, to enter the seven heavens, to walk the path of Elijah, who was taken up into heaven. Alright, so that's Gilgal. Now our fourth, the fourth school of the prophets mentioned, other than the two which are probabilities, which are, it's like Samaria and Carmel. You can write those two down and study those if you feel like it. But the fourth one that's, you know, for sure mentioned is H3405 Jericho. Jericho. Jericho, which means it's moon as in the moon, mm. rose garden, palm, balsam. It's also a territory in Benjamin. Mm. Indicates a fragrant place by its root. Elijah and Elisha receiving the double anointing of Elijah on the moon here in 2 Kings 2.15. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, H3405, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves down to the ground before him. And also note that this is a different Jericho than the one that Joshua marched around and they cried out and the walls came down. This was actually the new Jericho built later on that was about half a mile away from the old Jericho that came down. This represents the destruction of the black moon and the erecting of the covenant in the blood of Jesus in the white moon, which is also symbolized in purity of mind and thought, right? Emotions, mind, and thought, and that is 
essentially what we're dealing with in Berea of Yetzira on Yasad. That's exactly what we're at right what we're dealing with here. Today, where we're at, and oh yeah, and this is for somebody. I don't this this is for this is probably for you know one of the guys. This is also the beard anointing. <laughs> This is the beard anointing, 2 Chronicles 28:15, and the men, which were expressed by name, rose up and took the captives, and with the spoil, clothed all of them that were naked among them, and arrayed them, and shod them, and gave them to eat and to drink, and anointed them, and carried all the feeble of them upon their asses, and brought them to Jericho the city of palm trees, to their brethren, then they returned to Samaria. And that is just simply the mystic meaning there in Jericho, there's a beard anointing for you. That's a, that's a special one for the guys. And for the women too, I know y'all got a long beard in the spirit problem. <laughs> I know you got a big beard. We are the, the bearded dwarf women. Okay, alright. I only shaved my mustache. Alright. So in the order of ascension, we have number one, the Bethel Gate, which is Jacob's Ladder. Number two, Jericho, the moon. Three, Gilgal, representing the sun. And then four, Ramah, the headquarters, a tower or lofty place. Well, what is, so we have Jacob's Ladder, right? Jacob said God was here and I didn't realize it. He, that's where he laid his head down. He saw the angels descending, ascending Bethel. It means the gate. That's where on the earth, the gate, we first start. He said, at Bethel, he said, oh, God is here and I didn't know it. That means you realize, that's when you realize, oh my gosh, the gate to the heavens is here on the earth and I didn't know it. It's within me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was in Malkut, in my belly, and I didn't know it. And you realize, oh, whoa. So you can, if you want to, if you haven't yet ascended up from the earth sphere, what you can do for your Bible study time, you can study these things, but go and check out his encounter with the angels ascending and descending at Bethel. Everything that he went through, you read that with the Holy Ghost and you ask him to unveil that ladder to you. This is this will help this will help you on your journey. Okay. So Bethel is the gate, Jacob's ladder, Jericho, then there's the moon. Gilgal represents the sun. Rama, a tower, a lofty place. So what is Rama? In the ascension tower of righteousness, the Lord our righteousness, the Lord a strong tower, the Lord mighty in battle, Yad, hey, Vav, hey, strong tower. Take a quick look at Rama in Ezra 2, verse 26. Ezra 2, verse 26 in the KJV. The children of Rama and Gaba, 620 and 1. And Nehemiah 7.30 The men of Ramah and Geba 620 and 1 621 connects to the phrase at the end, or the word last, the end. Right, we've looked at the gate, Jacob's ladder, Bethel, then the moon, and then the sun. What is this, this 621? You're looking at the Hebrew meaning in the gematria. 600 is also related to Bina. Now listen to this. A voice is heard in Rama. Lamentation and bitter weeping. 
Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children. Rama is Bina, the mother, or heavenly. Jerusalem, our mother, also called the world to come. The world that is to come. And Bina is represented in our solar system as Saturn. It's right? true. Amen. Amen. It's a good word tonight. Amen. So it's the school of the prophets. Mm. They all corresponded to Bethel, the gate, Jacob's ladder. We're going, it goes right through the middle there. Moon, standing on the moon, Jericho. Gilgal representing the sun. That was, you know, the sun. It represents the twelve and the government and the portals of the sun. And then Rama, a tower, a lofty, a high place, represented in Bina. Well, what is the progression? When you when you get onto the moon, you're off the earth, but you're not yet in the sun. Once you step into the sun, that represents the holy place, right? Remember the fire rose, the vav. It's the six, the number of man. If you remember, go back and learn your chart of the you know the workings of these sapphire stones and what they represent. You have to complete that six, which is represented in the bloom of Tifret of the sun. You have to be there in order to rise into the Holy of Holies, or the seventh interior castle, mm. which is when you cross over that veil into unseen, uncreated light. And that's Bina, that's the the palace of palaces, the halls, the mirrors, that which contains wisdom, the key of wisdom is inside of that place. Once you cross over that, that is the seventh interior castle. Then you go to the next tree, or the next section of the tree, the next world, the next realm, right? We went, you go from the world of Asaya, you go through the seven interior castles, you make it to Keter, then you go to the next set, and that is the next layer. There are, Teresa of Avila said that there were many levels in those castles and those palaces. So each time you go through, you're going through more rooms and more heights and levels in those interior castles until, using the full powers of your soul sanctified, of Yetzirah, and as you progress, you will eventually walk through the interior castles of God himself, his palaces. That's when Jian Guyan says, he kind of lets the foxes run around in your vineyard. Why? Because otherwise she would never just stop, she would never stop just falling in love with herself, seeing her own beauty and transformation. So you go inward, then he draws you out to, into him, his self, instead of just because you but you have to make that interior journey first and you'll be made beautiful you'll be made worthy on the inside and you go to the interior castle journey and then it's about him and his interior castles and that starts a whole nother part of the journey he's drawing you into himself and their eyes come off of ourself and that's growing in maturity amen amen Good word tonight. Conquering worlds. More than conquerors. Why? Because you're conquering worlds and realms of eternal existence that God created in the beginning. You're rising up into 
higher places that you've never known before. We thank you, Father, for helping us and everyone here at the sound of my voice grow in Christ. Everyone can rise higher. Those who seek righteousness shall find it, it is written. And when you seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, then all the earth will become your footstool and added unto you. And that's what we pray for all of you to keep growing in Christ upward, to find the stars within you, the sapphire stones within you, and to ascend and walk in the way. And as you walk in the way, you will have victory every day in Jesus' mighty name. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Give an offering into Red Letter Ministries. Links in the description. Get into the master class that lays out the blueprint for all biblical ascension. The way of the Lord, the way of Enoch, the way of Elijah, the way of the prophets, the way of these schools and celestial righteousness written out with diagrams and awesome teaching. It's an entire school. You could call this the school of Samuel and Elijah. It's the school of the prophets. And it's about 178 teachings, all with video. And it's absolutely wonderful for this generation. You have this school. It's free. It's called the Master Class. Get into the Master Class and go through all of it multiple times until you're walking in it. Link is in the description for the Master Class. Bless you guys.